Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. I'll offer just a little bit of guidance at the beginning of our meditation period today, and then we'll have time for some questions afterwards. So just a few other translations of this word metta. The Dalai Lama says metta is basic human warmth. Basic human warmth. Oh, it's not some lofty, faraway quality. It's just the genuine response of the human heart when it's not constricted or frightened or pressured to life. Benevolence, goodwill, other translations. Friendliness, friendship, kindness. So see what, what meaning, what word really helps you find that place of basic warmth, care, kindness, affection. It's a natural quality that the heart possesses. Establishing a foundation of presence in the body. Which gives the mind and the heart some place to rest. this instruction to sit comfortably can be also taken as Sharon was saying, not just physically but psychologically. So to imagine a place where you would feel most at ease most comfortable sitting in your favorite armchair, sitting in the spring sunshine, feeling its warmth on your skin, and feeling how something in the nervous system can relax, settle, and soften in that imagination, in that memory. sitting around a campfire with good friends. A warm bath. So this sense in which the boundary of the body softens. Light, warmth, or coolness, something touching us that's friendly that's gentle, that's inviting. And the heart and the tissues and the nerve endings can soften, can open to this natural sense of relatedness, of connection.
And then from this place of presence, ease and openness, connectedness, calling to mind the image of a mentor, an elder, a teacher, an intimate, someone for whom you naturally feel a sense of warmth. When I say intimate, I don't mean romantically. Someone whom you feel a strong, natural, easy connection with. You call them to mind and something inside brightens. Someone who's done well to you. really evoking their presence, even saying their name inwardly, seeing their image. See the brightness in their eyes, the lines in their face, the tone of their skin. warmth of their expression. And notice what happens in the heart. And then expressing a genuine wish for their well-being. With your phrases, I'll offer a few. Feel free to continue to use your own. With each phrase, bringing your whole heart's attention to this simple wish for their well-being. Seeing the image, connecting with the intention, and offering the phrase. May you be safe and protected. May you be happy and well. May you be healthy and strong. May you take care of yourself happily. One phrase at a time. Seeing their image, if you like, you can say the name. connecting with the intention and offering the phrase.
I'm not trying to produce a certain feeling or emotion. And yet sometimes it can be helpful to leave a little space to just sense or feel any resonance or echo in the heart. Perhaps after a set of phrases to just pause and feel the space of the heart. Not trying to feel something, but just opening. Just receiving and then beginning again.
And feel free to continue connecting with the benefactor as your muse. Or if you like, you can shift to offering this wish for well-being to yourself. And if that's not easy, offering kindness to oneself. A useful practice that I've found is to imagine your benefactor sending these phrases to you. So you see their eyes, their smile regarding you, to see the acceptance, the care, the love, and to just receive that. Imagine them offering these phrases to you. Sometimes it's helpful you can put your hand over your heart center at any point in this practice. And either receiving the phrases or if it's easeful for you, simply offering them to yourself. Some phrases I like to use sometimes. May I be happy just as I am. May I be peaceful with whatever is happening. May I love myself unconditionally. And this adds a wisdom factor, factor of balance to the kindness and makes it explicit. May I be happy just as I am. May I be peaceful with whatever is happening. May I love myself unconditionally.
I be safe and protected from harm? May I be free from stress and anxiety? May I be healthy and strong? May I abide in well-being, safe and protected from harm, free from stress and anxiety, healthy and strong. May I abide in well-being. So we'll take some time now <clears throat> if there are questions. And if you would like to continue your practice in silence, please feel free to stand up and leave. <laughs> I won't take it personally. And just to start, I'd like to just say that I offered a few different sets of phrases, not because we're encouraging you to keep changing them, but just because I wanted to give you a few alternatives, because sometimes it can be hard if you're not connecting with the phrases to find your own, and sometimes hearing another one, it might really land for you, or it might give you an idea of a phrase that's gonna work for you better. So I would say, you know, today's the first day that we're doing the metta practice all day. By this evening, like by the Dharma talk, 
just settle on some phrases if you haven't already. Just ones that are good enough and then stick with them. We don't want to be changing them every day, every sitting. Okay. So any questions about your practice, please? It's not really a question, it's a request. Yes. If you could put those phrases <coughs> that you shared, um, I'd just like to take them home. They seem to be touching different parts of me. Uh-huh. And so All of them? <laughs> I shared quite a few. Well, the, the first set sort of like uh, really helped me with um, some past experiences that I had with shame. Okay. Oh, that's it. May I be happy just as I am. Yeah, May yeah. I be peaceful. So okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. So the, just the request to put some of those phrases up on the board and what I'd like to say is in myself, in my practice, I usually actually use the traditional phrases that Sharon has offered, and those other phrases in my daily life have been helpful to address specific times. Like if I am being really hard on myself, or if I am in a particular time that's very stressful where there's a lot of tightness. Or so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, as I said, I would not encourage you to change the phrases, but it is useful to have other messages available, particularly in daily life with this practice. Yeah. So finding it very challenging uh, for the sort of, well, the first part, that it's directing towards the self, it's just, it's, I've just been conditioned, programmed to not sort of pay that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it seems to flow a little bit more when I sort of move away from myself. But, you know, it, it requires, okay. my attention sort of is really hard to keep. Yeah. I'm, I'm it for. Got it. Yeah. So the comment is she's finding it difficult to offer the metta for herself and it flows much more offering it for someone else and that some of the conditioning she's received is is less to actually have that kind of, give that attention to oneself and much more comfortable to give it to others. I think this is a very common experience. And the two things I would say are, number one, um, as Sharon mentioned, this, the practice is meant to be done in the easiest way possible. So that's why I started with the benefactor this afternoon rather than the self, because it often is easier. And the image that's used is it's like a waterfall filling a pool. And that they're like a series of pools. If you've ever seen sometimes in nature the way water will sort of cascade right, over rocks and form various pools. And so we allow it to fill one pool. And then when it's full, it'll naturally spill over into the next pool, which is the next category. So don't force it. Allow it to fill. That said, I think that there's a cultural conditioning and almost a wounding that many of us carry around not taking care of ourselves, being self-effacing. Um, I think the conditioning, it, it, it differs, especially gender-wise. You know, there's a lot of conditioning that women receive in our society to always be there to give or to serve, which is sort of a, a, a co-opting of the mother instinct, which is so beautiful. Yeah. 
And so um, one of the understandings that, that comes out of practice is that the more we are able to, and I think we know this intuitively, right? The more we are able to love and accept and be present for ourselves, that actually the more we have to offer. And so I, I would encourage you to experiment with filling the heart, allowing it to grow in relation to another, and then turning and offering some and, and working with that resistance, the shame, the lack of self-worth, I'm not good enough, I'm being selfish, all of the stuff that will come up to allow that to arise and to still come back. May I be happy. I'm never, I'm, why, don't I, why should I be happy? I don't deserve to be happy. I'm going to do someone else. Yeah, thanks. May I be well. Right, to just keep coming back. And in that, something can shift. Something can be healed. Thank you. So the question was um, that she's understood metta is the antidote to fear. And that in her life, her experience, fear often comes up as anxiety, concern about what might happen to loved ones. And that she could see equanimity being more of an antidote to that and not quite understanding the connection with, um, with metta, with kindness as an antidote. So a couple of things. One, do what works. <laughs> so if, if equanimity practice releases you from the stress and the contraction of worry and anxiety, great. Use it. Um, I think the Buddha was a pragmatist. <clears throat> that said, I understand metta as the antidote to fear in two ways. One... Fear, the basic story of fear is it's not going to be okay. Something's not going to be okay. And with metta, there's a basic trust in, in, in the goodness of the heart that whatever happens, it's okay because there's goodwill. And I see the expression on your face and I see that's not landing. <laughs> the other, the other um, way that I understand it is um, that when we develop, when we really develop loving kindness, it becomes a resting place for the heart and the mind. It becomes a foundation. And so it's about strengthening that quality and that orientation to life so that the mind can rest there and not go into fear or ill will. 
It's also the antidote to ill will. Fear and ill will, aversion, are two sides of the same coin. The ill will is, is pushing away. I don't want it. Go away. And fear is the recoiling from, I don't want that to happen. So they're both this um, response to an object, a thought, a sound, a sensation, an image. Go away, I don't want it. Or, ah, get away, I don't like it. And metta is a different relationship with it. It's a, it's a, it's a joining. It's a well, whatever it is, may this be well. It's a meeting with kindness, and in that sense, it's an antidote to that push-pull, because it meets it just as it is and says, well, may it be well. Yeah. So I want to also leave space for those who haven't asked a question, who might need a little more silence or space to let your voice be heard. Please. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is it a problem if you use different phrases for the benefactor than for yourself? <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm going to rest, I'm going to lean on what Sharon said this morning around balance. And there isn't, there isn't a, an absolute here, yes or no, it's right or wrong. Um, the two things to keep in mind are one, what's working, and two, to connect with the intention, and two, what's helping the mind gather. The, the strength of staying with the same phrases, what, who, whomever we're with, is that it gives the mind something steady to keep coming back to. And over time, that helps the concentration develop. That said, particularly in the beginning, and in particular, I think with ourself, it sometimes can be helpful to have a different set of phrases because it can be so hard to connect with the metta for ourself. So if you're finding that that's really working for you, having slightly different phrases for yourself, and it's not scattering you, you know, you're not forgetting which phrases you're with and it's getting mixed up, then, then that's fine and stay with it. What I would caution you about is, as we move on tomorrow to working with a friend and in subsequent days, changing the phrases for each person. Don't get into that. Yeah. Is that helpful? Great. Thanks. We have time for maybe one more. So some examples for how one might practice metta in their daily life. Uh, sure, if you sit in the morning or the evening, you could practice metta. <laughs> if you sit in the morning or the evening, you could practice metta for the first five or ten minutes or for the last five or ten minutes. It's a very nice way to do that. Outside of formal sitting, um, I like to do metta sometimes as I go to sleep at night. I lie down and I just do metta for myself. If you have insomnia, you can do metta for all the beings who are awake, <laughs> including yourself. Um, uh, I've, I've sometimes, not consistently, but taken on a practice that Sharon does, which is on public transit. Whenever you're traveling on the subway, on the bus, on the highway, just offer metta to yourself, to those around you, and you're walking. 
Yeah. So, well, you know, it's about what we do, what we do with our minds. So if we're not doing something intentional with our mind, what's it doing? Thinking about the past, thinking about the future, thinking about ourselves, worrying, planning, desiring, adjusting, sorting, planning. So instead, we can use it to wish well. Say, well, let's do this. Maybe this is more useful to just reinforce the sense of goodwill, the sense of benevolence, the sense of connection with others, with ourself. Yeah, thanks. So the encouragement is to keep the phrases going throughout the day. That concentration builds and the force of this practice builds through the continuity. So when we're sitting and walking in the formal periods, there's much more support for really staying with, staying with. And in the in-between periods, when you're going to get tea, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're getting ready for bed, um, without putting pressure on yourself, without like getting all tense and intense about it, to, to try to keep that, um, that thread going of just, as, as Sharon was saying, you could just use one or two phrases, may I be well, may I be happy, may I be well, may I be happy. Some people like to put a melody to it, you know, to have it sort of almost as a, um, a little chant, and that can help to keep, to keep it going. The mind connects very well with rhythm and melody. So see if you, can, if you can extend the practice from the sitting into the transitions, the meals, the in-between times. Okay, thanks, go well. <laughs>